this is a subject very near and dear to my heart because it took me years to learn this concept and this principle that we now have been implementing for over a decade now. And I have to admit that I like the concept of not feeling like I have this responsibility or philosophy to to get out and see my properties every day or every week or once a month or whatever, right? And it's really freed me up to be more of a true investor as opposed to having a job. What would your life look like if you could replace all of your working income with simple and conservative investments that could do it for you? Over the last 13 years, we've helped thousands of clients transact over half a billion dollars in simple and conservative real estate transactions, allowing them to begin replacing their work income with real estate investment income. Each week, we'll be pulling back the curtain on the ins and outs of real-time, retirement-based real estate transactions that will transform your financial future, even if you have no real estate experience. This is Replace Your Income with me, Kevin Clayson. And Steve Earle. All right. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Replace Your Income. It's so good to be with you again. Steve, how you doing, man? Doing great. Glad to be here. Good. Hey, I'm super excited for this topic today. And so uh, a couple house cleaning items just real quick. I, we kind of wanted to let you guys in on what you can expect in terms of what we're going to be doing moving forward. We are going to continue to deliver what we hope will be really interesting topics, but pretty soon we wanted to get some of this. We kind of wanted to brain dump a lot of thoughts that we've had that we wanted to share with the world. But very soon, we're going to be bringing in clients who've really been replacing their income with real estate one property at a time. We're going to be dissecting deals and really kind of talking to a lot of these foundational principles that we're talking about. And we want to share more and more stories with you. So I want you guys to stay tuned for that because those episodes will be some of the best that we do because it'll be real people really doing real estate and it'll be real deals and, and it's not going to be fluff or hype. It's just going to be the real deal of what it is that we do day in and day out and what we're helping, trying to help our clients do day in and day out. Kev, so. I love that. I love that because there's a lot of theory being preached out there and I love to see that theory become reality. Oh yeah. And that's one of the exciting things about having worked with so many uh, individuals over so many years is that that theory has become reality for them. And it's so fun to see how each individual property that they have purchased has changed their life in one way or another. That's true. And, and we'll talk more about that too, that every property has a story behind it. And I think that that's such a cool thing. The other thing that we are super excited to do is in the tradition of meat and potatoes, we're gonna start to bring on members of, of our team that we work with on the daily that can kind of share some additional perspective on what it is that they're doing and, and, and some of our folks that we work with in the markets and some of our property managers. And we wanna, we wanna introduce the world to some of these folks because they're really great at what they do and they've got great things to share. And so just kind of know we got a lot coming for you. Well, I also just wanted to say a massive, huge thank you so much for all of the reviews. You guys have been awesome. And I wanted to give a couple shouts out real quick. Uh, we got a review uh, just shortly after the podcast launched from JA312A that says, I listen to a lot of these kind of podcasts, but the thing that I like about this one that I feel is unique is I feel like they give me a ton of substance that I can use in my personal investing rather than feeling like I'm just constantly being pitched. Love this. Well, uh, JA312A, I feel like he could be a droid in Star Wars. <laughs> That's his nickname. Thank you. And 
that is really important to Steve and I, that this is not a pitch fest, that this is just meat and potatoes, and it's stuff that's really applicable that'll really matter to you. And so thank you uh, for sharing that. I also wanted to share just another one that I this kind of made me super happy. Number one, the title of the uh, review is Grateful for Real Estate. And Steve, you know, gratitude's kind of a thing I care yep. about. And uh, this review says, Steve and Kevin are awesome and expertly describe how ordinary people can passively invest in and ultimately retire with single family rentals. This is the part that I love though. Here's what they said. My husband recently was able to retire early because of this awesome process. We're incredibly grateful. And so I love that. Like that's, that makes me so when we hear from somebody that this has really worked and we are able to talk to them and find out their experience, that just thrills me. Here's another one that love was it. so cool. Love this it. one was called Income Replaced and it says, awesome podcast. I just retired early one year ago at 62 only because I found done for you real estate only nine years earlier. So I'm not sure who that was. They didn't put their name, but what I love is that somebody that went through this process and guess what they said? They found, they found our company how many years? Nine years. Guys, we've been telling you, this is simple and conservative real estate, one property at a time over time. This is not gonna be get rich quick. This is gonna be get wealthy slow. And that is kind of the game, but it's a game we wanna play. And frankly, it's a game that's kind of fun. Love it. It is. It is a lot of fun. In fact, I just have to say, it's like, I don't go to work every day. I get to come play. I know. Like, really? Like, that's what this is? I mean, it has its moments, right? But for the most part, like, it's just fun to work with individuals like that and to help them through the process of replacing their income. Well, and, you know, Steve gets to come to work and play because his office is filled with beach balls. That's all it is. It's a desk <laughs> and beach balls. So it's lots of fun. Just kidding. Although, Steve, do you know that one time on my birthday, we had a couple of folks that we used to work with. They filled my office. Well, they actually foiled my entire office, everything in my office. And one of the other offices, they filled with balloons. And it was just, I thought that was a really hilarious joke. And so if you're listening and you want to do something hilarious, go foil all of your coworkers' things and fill their office with balloons. It'll make for a good story. That um, was funny. I remember. You do remember? <laughs> I think I've got videos somewhere. I may well, or may not have participated. Oh, okay. Well, now I'm learning more information. So we, today we have an awesome topic that we want to talk to. And this is another one of those things where some of you, this may sound like nails on a chalkboard because you're like, wait, what? That doesn't make sense. Nobody's ever said that. So here's what we're going to talk about today. We want to talk about how to remove geography as a condition for investing. And let me just kind of set this up. There's, again, there's a lot of gurus, a lot of real estate people, a lot of podcasts that talk about the necessity or the importance of having real estate in your backyard. And when I say in your backyard, I don't like physically mean like you go out, mow, pick weeds, and then go to your real estate. I mean, in the neighborhood you live in, in the zip code you live in, or near where you live, where it is within driving distance, where you can go and visit it and you can go and oversee it and you could go in and, you know, lick the wallpaper or lick the brick every day, whatever you want to do. That is generally the kind of the mentality. And we've worked with a lot of people that go, wait a second, I've never even considered investing somewhere where I don't live. And frankly, maybe they've never even been or never even visited. So today, Steve, we want to talk about how to remove geography as a condition for investing so that it opens up a lot of potential. And this is why this is so important grew up in California. If you want to be a real estate investor in the Bay Area where I grew up, you got to have, I mean, look, 800 grand to a million dollars is the normal price for a small three-bed, two-bath home. 
So that means that if you're going to do this the right way and you're going to go put 20 or 25% down, you got to have 250 grand as a down payment in order to get an investment property. Now, if you remove, and that's if you live in California, same thing if you live in Manhattan or other sort of really expensive areas. Even in Utah, where I think the average home price now where we live, Steve, is what, 300 something thousand? Yeah, it's about three, 350, 350, 385 for the you know medium priced home. Yeah. Okay. So if you remove geography as a condition for investing, all of a sudden you open up a whole world of possibility where you can go find more affordable real estate, but there's some keys to being able to make this work successfully. And stay tuned to the end of the podcast. We're going to link to a video. There's actually a video, a great video on our YouTube channel that Steve did um, a while back that's literally called Removing Geography as a Condition for Investing. We're going to give you a link to that so you can kind of go and check it out and and kind of digest the principles in just a few short minutes. But Steve, when we talk about this idea of removing geography as a condition for investing, I'm just I know you've done a lot of investing locally and you we've done investing outside of the state that we live in. Give me some of the highlights of why you how how you personally view this idea of removing geography as a condition for investing. Um Kev, I mean one of my mentors, when I was first getting started in real estate, he had a mantra and it was, Steve, I want to be able to see, touch, and feel all of my properties every day. And so I kind of cut my teeth on that concept, on that principle. And I that's how I started out. And at one point, I owned 18 doors here in Utah. And I loved that real estate. It was great real estate. And I started out with that philosophy. But let me tell you, Three of my properties are located about 35 miles away from my house. There's no way I could see, touch, and feel that property every single day. And in fact, just having to drive out there once a month was became a real burden, uh, to, be, <laughs> yeah, sure. to be quite frank, to be quite right. honest. And so this is a subject very near and dear to my heart because it took me years to learn this concept and this principle that we now have been implementing for over a decade now. And and I have to admit that I like the concept of not feeling like I have this responsibility or philosophy to to get out and see my properties properties every day or every week or once a month or whatever, right? And it's really freed me up to be more of a true investor as opposed to having, a, you know, a job. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny is, so when it comes to real estate, there's kind of this prevailing philosophy, like you said, your mentor said, that you should be able to see, feel, touch, visit your property on a regular basis. But what's interesting about that is the way that most of us think about investing is a hands-off approach, right? We've had we've done a podcast on why traditional retirement is broken. But in traditional retirement, the idea is you turn your money over to a broker or you turn your money over to a financial planner or a 401k or whatever, and then you don't touch it. You just kind of watch it. So we're willing to forfeit control in other areas and say, okay, I'm not going to touch it. I don't want to worry about it. But then when it comes to real estate, I don't know if it's because people think that real estate is more risky, but somehow with real estate, you think that you have to be able to control every aspect of it. Well, Kev, I love the idea of having control in my investments. That's why I'm, in, I'm invested in real estate and my businesses as opposed to just investing in the stock market. In fact, in one of our recent episodes, we talked about this concept. And so when you own real estate out of state or it's, it's property that maybe you've never even seen, make no mistake, you are still in control. 100%. You are still making all, yes, you're still making all of the decisions. Yep. You, you've just tapped into a team and a system and a process that allows you to pull you know, the lever, so to speak. I, I, have you ever watched... 
one of these guys with a backhoe moving rocks around and building a, a rock wall. Oh, yeah. Like, it is mesmerizing. Yeah. I, like, I can stand there and watch for a couple of hours, and the guy's just moving these little sticks, moving them just, like, inches, and, like, this big arm is reaching out, it's grabbing a big boulder, and it's moving it over here, and it's just, like, seamlessly. Well, that's, in my mind, that's how I kind of view the idea of owning real estate at a distance is that you're not going over there and like sweating and, and like trying to lift this big boulder. You got this lever, you make this phone call and there's a large amount of movement that happens when you have, when you have the proper, proper team, right? That's how I look at investing at a distance. And, and just to like, I'm telling you guys who, everybody who's listening to us, we practice what we preach. Yeah. And like, it's not do as I say, it's like, do as I do, so to speak. And the 18 doors that I used to have here in Utah is now four doors in my personal property. I have sold those off and moved into like doing the investing that we do. I tap into the exact same system that our clients use. Well, my first ever investment property was about an hour away and I never went to it, right? Like it was literally, I was literally, I was managing it from a distance, but I didn't have a property manager. This was just a, and I've told the story on a previous podcast where I moved out of a townhome that I'd purchased and I moved into a single family residence. And then, you know, we were renting the basement and, and I had this townhome that was an investment property. Well, I still wasn't going and touching the property and seeing it on the daily. And so the thought kind of occurred to me, well, wait a second, if if it's here in Utah and I still don't want to go and manage the property and go visit the property every day, well, then really does it make that much of a difference if I'm invested across the country or in Utah? Yes, you could make the argument that, sure, I could get my lazy butt in my car and I could drive an hour to go visit it. But if you've got a team that's doing the work that frankly is an expert team doing expert level work for you you, then what would be the necessity of having the property, uh, whether it's in your state or out of your state, if you've got the team doing the majority of the work, isn't that really what creates Okay, Kevin, I, I got to ask a favor of you. Yes. I'm wondering if you can do that thing that you do where you talk about all the different things that you got to do when you own real estate. Like, yeah, it's pretty amazing when Kevin does this because at the end of the day, like we have well over a thousand clients with, you know, right around 4,000 properties and the vast majority of them have never even physically seen their properties. And it's because we've been able we we've, we've been able to put together like a system and a team and a process that really is that that guy operating the backhoe that allows you to be the guy operating the backhoe as the owner of the real estate and understanding and knowing everything that is happening behind the scenes. In my mind, I, I just kind of go, whew, yeah. and, and wipe the sweat off my brow and just think to myself, oh my goodness, I'm glad I don't own this like here locally because I don't want to be doing any of those things because right. I'm way too busy. That's so right. at the yeah. count of three, would you yeah. just take it away, Kevin? <laughs> so, One, two, three. <laughs> here we go. So I always think of it this way, okay? I always feel like there's three ways that anybody can do real estate. The first is you can walk out your door, look for the first for sale by owner sign, and then maybe go try to negotiate a deal, right? You just kind of, without learning, you just jump into the deep end and go, here we go. The second is something you and I've talked a lot about and frankly, why we created the company, which is, you go and you pay somebody to learn how to do real estate, and then you go and do the real estate. Now, the the thing with both of those instances is you're the one largely in charge of doing all of that work. So what does that work look like? Well, first of all, you have to decide what type of real estate that you want to do. Do you want to flip? Do you want to do wholesaling? Uh, do you want to do lease options? Do you want to do uh, do you want to do for sale by owners? Do you want to do rent to own? What type of real estate that do you want to do? And then once you establish what type of real estate that you want to do, then you have to figure out how you're going to find the capital in order to go get the real estate that you want to go get. And then you also, on top of that, have to decide which market you're going to go 
and invest in. And let's say that you live in a really expensive market and it's going to be really difficult for you to be able to do the kind of real estate that you want to do once you've established the kind of real estate that you want to do in the market where you want to do it. And so you decide, I'm going to go invest outside of the market that I currently live in. So let's say you say, oh, you know what? I'm going to go to Phoenix. Phoenix sounds like a good market. And let's say, you know what? I heard that you can get really good deals at the auction. So now you've decided that you want to do auction real estate in Phoenix. Well, what would be required in order for you to do that? Well, first of all, you'd have to get your butt to Phoenix and you have to find the capital. Once you have the capital, then you have to find the auction. Once you find the auction, you got to go into the auction and then you realize there's a list of a thousand properties that went out the day before that you never saw. And so you go, okay, well, I got to come back tomorrow, but how do I get my fingers on that list of properties? Well, let's assume that you can get your fingers on the list of properties in the market of Phoenix where you've now decided to invest and somehow you have the capital that you need in order to go and buy cash at the auction. Well, now you have to go and see a hundred or a thousand properties the day before so that when you go to the auction, you actually have the ability to bid on the ones that you want. Well, let's assume that you're able to find Phoenix, you're able to find the kind of real estate, you're able to find the auction, you were able to get the capital, then you were able to go and bid on a deal and you were able to win the bid. Well, now you own the home. So now what do you have to do? Well, now you realize it was at, it was at the auction, it was a foreclosure and it's in need of desperate repair. So what kind of repair needs to be done? Do you have to do countertops? Do you not do countertops? Do you have to do tile? Do you not do tile? Do you do carpet? What kind of carpet do you do? What kind of pad should it have? What kind of color carpet's going to rent quicker than any kind of other? Should I do brown? Should I do light beige? And then you have to think about paint. What kind of paint do I do? Do I do a two-tone paint? Do I do a three-tone paint? Do I do a one-tone paint? Does it need to be good paint? What happens if I don't get good enough paint and the kids write all over the walls then I have to repaint the thing anyway in a couple weeks? So you have to, first of all, you have to find the kind of market. You got to find the kind of real estate. You find the capital. You're able to get the deal. You're in a market that you don't exist in. So how are you going to find the team to be able to do the real estate uh, and to do the work that you want to do in the first place? So let's just assume you're able to find the market, find the capital, find the auction, get the deal, win the deal, figure out the rehab, figure out what kind of rehab needs to be done. Then all you have to do is from states away, just coordinate successful rent collection for the rest of your life or for the uh, foreseeable future as long as you own the property. But that's all. <laughs> I love it, Kevin. <laughs> or. And I think you left out three or four steps. Oh, even. yeah, maybe two or three or four <laughs> or a hundred. Or you work with somebody that's an expert that can find the deal for you, that can do the fix up for you, that can get you the financing, and that can select and manage the tenants for you. So the question becomes, do I want to be the kind of real estate investor that goes and does all of the things, or could I remove geography as a condition for investing and go invest in a market and in a property that is somewhere maybe I've never visited, maybe I've never gone there, and and all of a sudden now, how much lighter do you feel not having to do all of those things and do all that work? And Kevin, if I can add one more element to this that I know that uh, you were gonna touch on next, and that is everything that you described is just the buying process. Now you've become an owner and it's what do you do next? Because you're in a market that you don't live in. How do you stay familiar with it? How do you know what the market is doing? What do you, like, how do you know what to do with your property year over year? Do you refinance it? Do you sell it? Do you right. hold on to it? Do you, what are you doing? And and that's another element. And maybe even as critically important of an element as all of the buying parts. That's and right. that's one of the things that makes us so unique as, as, a, as a company is that for us, after you've bought the property, which is all of this stuff, like, our relationship has just begun. Well, and w there's a thing that we say a lot, and, and this is, if you're listening, this is something you need to understand if you're considering getting into real estate, especially if it's buy and hold type real estate. There is a difference between buying real estate and transitioning from a buyer to an owner. And owning real estate is different than buying real estate, and that's kind of what you're touching on. I could do another really fast talking thing about how to select the tenant, right? 
Who do you work with? What kind of family should it be? Should there be pets? Should there not be pets? Do you do a credit check? Do you do a background check? Where do you do the credit check? Where do you do the background check? How do you select the tenant? How do you, do, should they smoke? Should they not smoke? Does that matter? You could go through everything just selecting the tenant and then how do you collect rent? How do you communicate with the tenant? How do you take care of repairs if there's needing to be repairs? How do you even know what repairs need to be done on a regular basis? How do you work with an HOA if, if the property's in an HOA? There's all of this stuff. And the thing that you just indicated, Steve, which is huge. If you transition from a buyer to an owner, when is it the right time to sell? When is it the right time to do a refinance? Should you refinance? I mean, what are all the things you should do once you transition from buyer to owner in order for that property to be successful long-term? And I know I have some real close family and friends who've invested in real estate and they chose to kind of do it on their own, which, hey, more power to them, that's awesome. But I know that the level of stress that it causes them is astronomical, right? Because it's in their backyard. They're the ones making all the decisions. They're the ones having to take care of all of the stuff. They're the ones having to interact with the tenants. In fact, I... uh we should. I, I don't want to. I don't want to throw them under the bus because it, it's not throwing them under the bus. But I actually think uh, my awesome, amazing, incredible brother-in-law listens to this podcast, and he'll tell you some of the struggles he's had with some tenants and homes on fire and tenants leaving in the middle of the night and all of these things. And you know what? He does a phenomenal job managing his properties that are there in his backyard. But I also know, and I think he'd be the first to tell you, it can be real stressful. And so the idea of removing geography as a condition for investing and transitioning successfully from buyer to owner, and then what you're going through as an owner can free up so much mental capital that you can't even put a price tag on Well, that. let's be clear, Kevin. It's not that all those things, the fires and the tenant issues and the repairs and different things don't happen with your no, property at, when it's out of state. Sure, They're all happening, but you have this team, this expert team who has a strong relationship with us and with you managing and taking care of these types of issues. So yes, you will be in the know. And yes, you will be the ultimate decision maker, but no, you won't be the one having to have those individual conversations and taking care personally of those problems because you'll have this team that is doing those things for you. I kind of think of it as owning a car. It's kind of like this. I don't know everything that goes on under the hood. I am not a car guy from the standpoint. I can't do, I can't, I, I'm not even, I haven't even ever changed my own oil, nor do I plan to do it anytime soon, right? And so what I have to do is I get this vehicle and then if there's something that goes wrong, there's a team to fix it. I got a great place right down the street. They're my mechanics. They take care of it. Yeah, I pay a little bit of money for them to fix it. But it, what it does for me is it frees up the mental capital so that I can focus on the things that I'm good at. And this is a big key, right? If for most of our clients, and from I would imagine a bunch of you listening, and there may be some of you out there listening that you are just real estate through and through, and you eat, breathe, drink, sleep, real estate. It's all you care about. It's all you want to do with your life, which is awesome, by the way. You that is not me. Um, but but there's a lot of people that want the the benefits of real estate without some of the headaches that come along with it. I want the benefits of owning a car, but I don't want the headache of having to fix everything on my own, right? I could take care of putting air in the tires or changing out my wiper blades, but almost anything beyond that, right? I could vacuum my car and clean it, but beyond that, I'm gonna hire somebody to do it. Why? Because it allows me 
So rather than taking a day out of the office or not doing a podcast or not putting content together or whatever, instead of taking a day away from that or away from my family to fix the car because that's not something I enjoy, I can drop it off, I can go back to work, I can do the things I love and enjoy, but I can still have the benefit of owning the vehicle and having a team that can take care of the particulars for me so that that vehicle continues to perform the way I need it to so that it gets me from where I am to where I want to go. So Kevin, in, in a prior uh, podcast, I, I introduced everybody to my son who got started investing in real estate yeah. at a very, fairly early age. And I did everything in my power to get him to want to come and work with me in real estate because I am passionate about real estate. I am passionate about business, entrepreneurship, and real estate. And I married those two th or three things and absolutely love it. That's what I'm passionate about. And I wanted my son to come and, and be a, a part of that. But he, he he said something to me that that really helped my perspective. And that was like, hey, dad, it's like, I love real estate for what it does for me. Yeah. It's like, I'm not passionate about it. I love this other thing and I want to do that. And, and like the bells went off in my own head and I was like, absolutely, Dal. And I said, you go and do that and let real estate be one of those things that allows you to go do that yeah. thing. Exactly. And I feel the same exact way. Like, I don't say I'm passionate about real estate, but I'm unbelievably passionate about what it is real estate can create for me or create for those that we work with. And what it the freedom and benefits that come from the real estate is what I really, really love. And so I then become interested in real estate because of what it does for me. But I don't have a desire to go and swing the hammer and to go and do the flip myself and to go and knock on and doors that's and send letters. And, exactly. They're not passionate about real estate. They just understand what it can do for them. And they allow us to be the, their team. We are the claw picking up the boulders and doing and well, they just kind of maneuver the little levers. Yeah, exactly. And so this whole idea of removing geography for a, as a condition for investing is one that I don't think a lot of people maybe have really wrapped their mind around before. And we have clients that literally don't even set foot in the market or in the property before they purchase it. Now, we're also really lucky because we live in a society now where there's pictures and emails and virtual tours, and you could find just about anything on the internet. You can make sure that the people you're working with in the market are real people and they're actually a real business. I mean, there's ways to kind of verify, right? Ronald Reagan, trust but verify, right? You could still trust that it's happening, but it's not a bad idea to verify. However, we have tons of clients who don't ever set foot in their home. And well, Kev, I'm amazed all the time that we're here in Utah working with a client in Anchorage, Alaska, buying a property in Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah, it's awesome. And how seamlessly and flawlessly it just works and flows. And it does require a great deal of trust, right, on the part of everybody involved, uh, not just the person buying the real estate, but the individuals performing the labor. And, you know, we talked a little bit about capitalism in our last last episode. This is the definition of capitalism at work. Yeah. This concept of like, there has to be virtues in order for capitalism to work. There has to be trust. There has to be honesty. There has to be fulfillment. There has to be work ethic. There has to be all of these things because like the person living in Anchorage, Alaska, like how is he going to enforce what the guy or the gal in Memphis, Tennessee is doing right. for him, right? So these things have to exist. And so that's one of the things that we've worked hard to cultivate is are these relationships in the different markets with our teams who we've worked with for years now that really facilitates this whole process. Yeah. Because without that, it just, it doesn't work. Yeah, you've got to have those. And that's the, I think the most critical part of if you're going to remove 
geography as a condition for investing. You have to have a trustworthy and expert team that can do that expert level work for you. Now, some of you out there may decide to select the market. And by the way, we're I, I think on the next show, we're gonna talk a little bit about some of the criteria that we go through in selecting a good market. But let's say that you take that from us and you you go through the process and you select the perfect market for you to invest in. And you then have to go out and sort of find that team, right? You gotta go and find the agents and find the rehab crews and find the property managers. But you'll wanna go and establish those relationships. The only- Kevin, think- and even then, you're still- one person working with that's right a property management company who has hundreds of properties yeah whereas we have the luxury of of being call it the 600 pound gorilla yeah who has this wonderful relationship with our partners in the markets but because we account for 80 or 90 or plus percent of their business we have such a strong relationship we're not just like referring you to some real estate service providers that we vetted. Like these are individuals who are a part of our team who've been working with us for years, who are in contact with us on a daily, even multiple times a day um, basis. Yeah. Well, and it's, that's such a critical piece. And, you know, I think of it like this, even if you went and did all of that on your own, you are still that one person, you're still having to do the work, but how do you develop the relationship of trust over time, right? You may be able to do one deal, but you're just one person doing one deal. Well, hopefully that deal goes well, but how many more deals are you gonna do? Is there is there a reason for that team who you've now established in that market because you didn't wanna invest in your backyard? Is there a reason for them to stay super connected and, and sort of faithful to you? One of the things that I think we're really talking about here is the one of the conditions of being able to invest in a market you don't live in is utilizing a different kind of leverage. We've talked about leverage monetarily, right? We've talked about financial leverage. This is leveraging teams and experience and experts and relationships and systems and so that you can take advantage without having to make the full investment. Because that's really what leverage is, right? You put some in, then somebody else kind of makes up the rest, right? That's kind of how it works when you have a mortgage. What we've tried to create with our teams that we use for ourselves, for our company, and for our clients is that leverage where um, our clients can come in and they can leverage this idea of these teams and this process and this communication and, and, and the systems that are sort of in place. So regardless of whether, if you're listening, regardless of whether you work with Done For You Real Estate or you know somebody else, the, the idea is you wanna make sure that there is a trustworthy group of people who have a significant track record of doing the thing you want them to do. And then, yeah, you're gonna have to crack the code on how do you become important enough to them, right, that they really wanna work with you over time. But it is doable, it is possible. And I think at the end of the day, what we're saying is consider the idea that you don't have to look at, see, touch, feel, smell, visit your real estate on the daily. There are other ways to invest in real estate where the vast majority of that can be done for you, where you can leverage people, resources, opportunities, and even leverage better markets potentially than the ones you currently live in in order to help you on your income replacement journey. And before we end, Kevin, like I wanna make sure that we, you already touched on this, but I just wanna address it again. 
And one of the, the, the massive benefits of removing geography as a condition of investing in real estate is this concept that in many different areas of the world, price point makes it very difficult to invest in your own backyard. True. And in our day and age, we should be in a position where we can leverage these relationships and these systems and processes in such a way that we can buy real estate anywhere and take advantage of of what's going on in other markets. That's 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 one of the beauties, one of the benefits of living in this incredible country is that we have 52 states that equivalently could be 52 separate countries with with all kinds of borders and tariffs and this and that and the other. But because that part of it doesn't exist, the fact that we can freely trade between states and do business in other states by taking advantage of technology and the relationships and the systems and processes in such a way that that we can go to a market and we can buy a home for $200,000 or $150,000 yeah. in a wonderful in an awesome area and and do so in a way that it's just as easy or maybe even easier than investing in your own backyard. Yeah. By the way, Steve did say that there are 52 states. We know there's 50 states in the union, <laughs> I'm but counting there are states Canada. and territories. <laughs> yeah. I'm counting Canada. And I'm counting, you know, some of these other countries. That, I just didn't. You know. <laughs> I just didn't want him to discount you. I mean, Steve is hey, Canadian, and no, so look, he, look, he could be I, still learning. I love and admire President Obama, <laughs> Obama, much to your chagrin. I, I think that he did a lot of great things for us. Yeah. And I really admire the guy. And he once said, 57? "52, uh, I think no, it was like, fifty-two <laughs> I'm just, I'm just copying what he said. <laughs> Good. Hey, you can't. I mean, he was a president, right? He accomplished. A, he, he he was able to get the highest office in the land. If he says there's fifty-two, let's go with that. No, but really, um, you know, listen, at the end of the day, you guys, we just want you to know that there's ways to take advantage of real estate outside of just the few square miles that in which you live. And a big part of that is going to be leveraging resources and expertise and teams that, that maybe you have access to already. And if you don't have access to, there are ways to access teams like that. So we're going to put a link in the show notes to the video that Steve did called Removing Geography as a Condition for Investing. Go watch that. Take a look at it. And as always, if you have questions or you have things that you want us to talk about on the podcast or address, please let us know. You can go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and you could put your question in there or you can email us. You could also reach out to us through the website. If you go to our website, dfy-realestate.com, there's a little chat button. You could always chat with us anytime and we'll be able to respond. But we appreciate so much that you're here and that you're listening. And, and I think, Steve, let's on the next podcast, let's really talk about the markets and, and how we evaluate what a good, we talked about how to evaluate a good deal. Let's talk about what, what we look at when we're thinking about, is this a good market to invest in? You mentioned, I think earlier in this podcast, that you know we've been in a total of seven markets. We're currently investing actively in three. So what is it about those markets? How do we establish whether or not it's a good market? Let's maybe talk about that on the next podcast. Done deal. Let's do it. Awesome. Thank you as always for joining us. We will see you next week. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to Replace Your Income with Kevin and Steve. Do you want to connect with us and other income replacement rangers out to obliterate the status quo and experience real retirement with income replacement through real estate? Type Done For You Real Estate USA in your Facebook search bar and make sure to like our company's page. Send us a message while you're there and I'll send you a personal hello and make sure you're on our weekly property scouting emails where you can view weekly deals right in your inbox. 
Until then, thanks so much for joining us on Replace Your Income. And just remember, income replacement for you and your family may only be one property away. See you next week.